Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. What's going on today? Uh, we are, we are in the finishing stages on a few things at the house, which is super exciting. Um, thinking maybe we're going to be moving in here, hopefully in the next week or so, but we don't know for sure. Everything takes longer than we think when it comes to this life stuff. At some point, I mean, I've told you this between in our conversations, but we need to have a podcast episode dedicated to your first experience of total renovation of a house because I think it's one of the biggest tests on, on a relationship. And also you learn a ton about yourself internally. Well, and that's, was the hope, right? I mean, we took this on, I am not a handyman. Number one, number two, I have very little experience doing anything like this. This was not something I grew up doing, but I have some desire to be able to do it. And so the, the conversation was, let's just try you know, let's take a step towards this thing. Let's, let's live eyes up right now and and go and take this thing on. And, um, it's been an amazing learning experience being a student right now. It's been a challenging learning experience as well. But like you said, maybe we'll, we'll devote a whole episode to that at some point and and talk about what some of those pieces are and how they've challenged us. I, I think it probably will be best if we bring in your wife, we'll do a combo interview. I can just, you know, Maybe I'll just interview her, her separately and I'll, you know, put yeah, it all together. But, it all together. That may be a good idea. But consequently, I wasn't intending on this, but that leads into our conversation in our episode today because you knew that you wanted to do this renovation. You wanted to learn. You wanted to be a student, right? And you figure out how to do it. You figure out who has done it before. You've asked me some questions, not that I'm the expert, but there's other people that have done those things. And, and our, our guest today, that's one of his big concepts. It's like, go find people that are getting the results that you want in your life, whatever area, and seek them out, right? Get mentored by them, figure out how they did it. Yeah, we talked to Greg Reed today, author, you know, has a couple of movies that he's produced and been a part of, um, was honored by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to kind of carry on the legacy of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich and, and that line of books. And it was an amazing conversation that challenged us in a lot of ways to look at some things that are not always obvious for us. You know, go to the source. We talk about taking a step. He's saying, go to the front of the line. Don't take a step. Go all the way to the front of the line and ask the question of the people that know how to do it rather than those that are still in the hustle and the struggle. You know, yeah, they might be a step ahead of you, but wouldn't you want to cut your learning curve by 10 or 20 years was a piece of information he said today. And I just think those types of pieces, those nuggets of wisdom, and he leaves us with just an amazing, amazing challenge. Uh, I'm really excited for the listeners to, to get a chance to interact with it. Greg Reed. Greg, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset podcast. It's uh, incredible to have you here today. Excited for our conversation. And we are live. I've been looking forward to this myself. Thanks for having me on. Greg, you are a multiple published author. And, and I said right before we got on, our goal is to give stuff away. And we, that's what we talk about all the time. Give it away, give it away, give it away. And like your theory of life is like who you hang out with, what you read are the big things that give us 
an advantage going forward. Like my goal for today is to, to have somebody down the road a little bit, show us where we're headed. You've had the opportunity to interview, to be around, to be engaged with these amazing leaders through time. If you had one through line to kind of distill it down and to say this, I'm going right to it, right? If you had one through line from all those conversations, what is the thing that separates those type of people that are massively successful in whatever they do and success can be defined in whatever way? What, what have you found in that, those conversations that you'd say this thing is a big thing? Yeah, successful people seek counsel and failures listen to opinion. And opinions based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, inexperience, like all your family, friends who've never done what you want to do. Counsels based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship, people have paved the way. So if you go to a family friend and say, hey, I'm going to write a best-selling book, they might talk you out of it because they know you got a D in English to protect you. Plus, they've never written a best-selling book. But if you go to Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, sold a billion copies, you can say, dudes, here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking counsel and ignoring people's opinion, that's the day our lives would change. So who's done that for you? I mean, if you were going to point to a couple of, couple of people that have, whether it's currently or previously, you know, that kind of paved that way for you and, and poured into you. To, to give you that confidence and that ability to say, Hey, you know what? I can do anything that I set my mind to. Yeah. I, I, every day. I mean, every time I have a new experience, that's what I do. So for example, when I went to Pamplona, I went running with the bulls, actually you run from the bulls, but I, <laughs> I found the guy who wrote the definitive book. I called up and said, Hey dude, I want to have a good time. How do I do it? Not get killed, but have a great experience. And he said, Oh, that's easy. Around turn number seven at this location, stand right in between the street. The bulls will run one side. People trample themselves over here. You'll have a good time in between. That's what I did. When I went to Africa and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, I did not ask a dope smoking surfer to take me to the roof of Africa. I found the Sherpa that I climbed it 900 times. Wherever they put their boot print, I put my boot print. If we watch and follow successful actions of other people, we can do anything and everything our minds could even comprehend. I think that's an amazing point. Sometimes, and uh, you know, I think Patrick Lencioni talks about this uh, bias of sophistication, right? This idea that we we look down on things and we don't want to do it. I think some people have a hard time, you know, humbling themselves to say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go exactly where this person before me went. I'm gonna put my boot exactly where they went," because there's pride or there's arrogance or there's I can this. I can do this myself thing. We start out with good intentions. I'm going to seek counsel. I'm going to seek wisdom. I'm going to seek knowledge. And then the next thing we do is say, no, 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 I got this. When, when does that break? When should that break happen? If it should at all, in your opinion, you know, like when do we start to be able to branch out or should we just follow kind of blindly these, the people that have done it before? Well, Napoleon Hill always talked about it. You know, the, the idea is to seek the people that have accomplished and getting the results you want. Uh, so that's how I just live my daily life. I can't tell other people what to do. I just share what people ask what I did. Here's what I did. Look, when I wanted to be a best-selling author, I went to Barnes and Noble. I bought every best-selling book. I didn't go to the best written book section. I didn't want to be a great writing author. I can't spell. I can't read. I'm dyslexic. So I, I went to the best-selling section and said, guys, how do you do it? What's the system? What's the principle? Because everything's a racket, right? And I found their system duplicated for myself. And here we are a hundred and some odd books later. And the way you do it is just follow successful actions of others. So I just look at myself as a student. 
the reason why I believe I've accomplished some of the things I have is because I attempt things I've never done before. As you know, I've got a movie that's out on Netflix right now called Wishman. I don't know how to make a movie, but the founder of Make-A-Wish wanted his movies told. So I said, I grant that wish. So I found a way to do it, but I did not ask my mom and dad and family and friends how to do it. I went to Hollywood. I found people that got Oscars and Emmys and Golden Globes said, hey, what's the system? How does it work? And I duplicated that for ourselves. And here we are today. So the whole idea, again, you can do anything and everything. Just find who's getting the results you want for yourself. But I'm going to add another word to that today. And here's why it's important. A good friend of mine, uh, Gene Landrum, started Chuck E. Cheese. So if I wanted to start a new restaurant, I probably wouldn't ask him. He's a good guy and I love the guy, but he did it 40 years ago. I'd say who's doing in and out or five guys or whatever the hot trend is and ask those people for guidance because they're doing it in today's society. I think all we have to do is start seeking the people that are doing what we want and then duplicate it for ourselves. Does it have to be somebody at the highest level? Because the examples you're giving are, you know, go find a best-selling author. But what if I'm just, I want to write a book just for me? Do I, how do I get access to those people? Or is it find somebody that is just further along the road that are getting some of the results that I want? Does it have to be the elite of the elite? Right. And I know you guys set this show up to be one step ahead. And so I apologize in advance, but no that's not the way I live my life. I, no. I sit there and say, who's getting the ultimate highest end possible results I want. And I jump to the front of the line. To me, it's kind of like that, you know, why we did this event called secret knock is instead of coaches, teachers, and mentors, I said, what if we just brought in the person who did what everyone else is talking about? So if you want to start a new clothing line, Here's the guy who started a multi-billion dollar brand, Ugg Boots. If you want to start, you know, a, a car company, here's Tonino Lamborghini. What if you could just hang out and have tacos with someone who's accomplished what you want at the highest level? It cuts your learning curve 10, 20 years. And so for me, I want to be the beacon to help people do that. In fact, I made a website this year through all the situation called CredibleSource.com. And the idea is that you can literally go rent all my friends one at a time or all together as a group to actually sit down and use them as your own like board of directors so they can help cut your learning curve as well. What do you say to people that would say that's like, I'm afraid because I haven't accomplished anything. Like those people are so, there's a gap here that I'm maybe not unwilling to climb, but I don't know how to climb that thing because I think fear, you know, we're a mindset company. Our thoughts matter. The things that we think about our life manifest themselves in our life. And that's the Napoleon Hill thinking grow rich reality. Also what happens when that, that conversation starts with fear? Well, you're asking me two different questions and I sure. disagree with the second part of what you just said. Perfect. So, you know, Bob Proctor and I wrote the book, think and grow rich thoughts or thanks. And we set out with that same mindset, what you just said. 100% that was a thing. And then we changed our mind. And the reason is, is we realize that thoughts are not things. That it's, it's a fallacy. Um, it's only thoughts backed by action become our realities. Uh, we've learned by neuroscientists and the top Harvard professors, we have 64,000 thoughts a day. Unfortunately, most of them are called ANTS. It's an acronym, automatic negative thought. They're the reptilian part of your brain to protect you. So if you walk out of a cave, a dinosaur wouldn't eat you. Well, in today's society, if we sub 64,000 thoughts a day and most of them are negative, then everything should be horrible around our existence, but it's not. It's only the thoughts in which we take massive action towards become a reality. And the second part of what you said about fear, look, 
Hill, 100 years ago, wrote The Six Ghosts of Fear and Think and Grow Rich, the biggest chapter. But he talked about the fear of old age. Are you afraid of getting old? Nope, me neither. No one is. Are you afraid of loss of love? No, divorce rates a gazillion percent. Are you afraid? So 100 years ago, those are true, but they're not true today. The today's one is the fear of the unknown. That's what scares people. It's the fear of pain. That's why the drug commercials do so good. But the biggest one is the fear of criticism what other people think. And as you've heard me say before, no one's thinking about you. They're dealing with their own situation. Right now is the most ideal time ever. If you've been sitting on an idea, a concept to do something, get off your ass, align with people who have already accomplished it and start doing it for yourself. So, so tell us a little bit about Secret Knock. You, you touched on it briefly. Let's bring people in to, that have done it. Go to the, go to the source. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about kind of what it is. Um, you know, and how you got involved with, with that. Well, for those of you who don't know my history, don't feel bad. I'm not popular at home either. You can ask my son. But the <laughs> short version is the point Hill wrote a book 100 years ago called Think and Grow Rich. He was given a letter of introduction by a guy named Andrew Carnegie. 100 years later to the date, the surviving grandkids and the foundation that bears his name gave me a very similar letter. And basically, I have a Willy Wonka ticket to meet any human alive. And I write the Think and Grow Rich series through the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Well, having the chance to travel around the planet to meet the most powerful, influential people, folks would say, hey, how do I meet your new friends? So I started an event in my living room and it accidentally grew into, I mean, we're Forbes, Inc., entrepreneurs, top, you know, event in the world for entrepreneurs. And the way we did it is there's no VIP rooms. There's none of that hierarchy. You don't even have a name tag. Everyone's the same. And once you're into our circle, you literally have access to all these amazing human beings. Uh, we're very particular who we invite in and you have to go through, jump through a few hoops to get in. But once you're in, it's like nothing you've ever seen. You leave with a Rolodex of the most amazing, powerful people. Last time we did one, it was cool. We, uh, we had Presidente Vicente Fox and we started it off with him. And I said, Vicente, I go, let's start our interview slow and we'll work our way up. He goes, all right, Greg. I go, I understand you're building me a wall. Hey, thanks a lot for that. He goes, you son of a... And he just went down a rabbit hole. But then he told a story about how, you know, Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice went to his hacienda and tried to talk him into getting behind the Iraq war and why he wouldn't do it. And when you hear it right from the people who've done it, it's phenomenal. And then he stood around for three hours after our event and signed books for everyone and he got to meet everyone. So to us, that's what it's all about. It's an amazingly powerful reality to get things directly from somebody who's done it before. I think there's just tremendous value in, in the capacity to say, I don't know, but you do, right? To, to humble yourself and to say, I'm not certain you've done it before. How do I... Like what footsteps should I follow? You know, and this, this honor bestowed upon you by the Think and Grow Rich Foundation, the Napoleon Hill Foundation, to, to carry that legacy is a tremendous thing because this idea of books and people, I, I just keep coming back to this. That one of the concepts you've talked about and written about from the Think and Grow Rich concept is this idea of stickability and the power of perseverance. And, and, we haven't gotten there yet, but I, I hear it kind of underlying this whole process, right? Yeah, this it, 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 it's interesting. And all these books and products, this is the coolest one here, though. This is neat. This one was the last title Napoleon Hill was supposed to do before he passed away, never did. So the foundation gave it to Sharon Lecter and I, and we interviewed amazing human beings from the founders of Barefoot Wine to the founder of Pictionary to 
you know, Oscar winners, all these different people. And it was really cool to see how the mindset worked. But this is a neat one. This is Napoleon Hill's Road to Riches. I went in the archives and I found vintage home video of Napoleon Hill himself and W. Clement Stone talking about success principles. And I dusted it off and made an audio program where I introduced Stone, who brings on Hill. And then we made a mastermind group of Napoleon Hill's grandson all the way to Bob Proctor and uh, Les Brown and Brian Tracy and all the cast of characters. And they elaborated how these principles have stood the test of time. And by the way, talk about giving away. I, I, this is my first book I ever did. It's called The Millionaire Mentor. This is my third or fourth edition. I'm going to give it away to one of your listeners. So just tell me where to mail it and I'll autograph it and send it out to somebody. Excellent. Thank you. We appreciate that. I mean, so this, this concept that Napoleon Hill found way back a hundred years ago, this concept of stickability and perseverance, you've seen this at work. And one of the concepts you've, you've dug into is this three feet from gold, just stay in it. So many people kind of quit before, <laughs> before go. it's there. Right. <laughs> I got a book. I got a book for that. So three feet from gold is the story about, are you Darby a gold miner who gave up three feet away from the largest strike in history? And the moral is how many times have we quit one class short from a degree or sales or marketing? It's easy to quit, but it's the people that persevere and go that extra mile. They're the ones that we tell all the stories about. And I find it miraculous that so many people give up literally three feet away from the greatest idea that, you know, other people pick up the torch and then they carry it on a little bit and they get all the fame and fortune from it. If you go back and look at everything, uh, even internet stuff right now. Look, we had uh, MySpace, right? And then all of a sudden we had Friendster, we had Foursquare, we had all these different things, but Facebook, fourth or fifth in line, they're the ones that picked up the torch and really ran with it. And you go down and look at, we had Napster, all these different things. Now Spotify is rocking. So in today's world, being first in line or first to market isn't necessarily a good thing anymore. It's almost being third, fourth or fifth and let other people you know, make the mistakes so that you can pick up the torch and carry it along. Have you, have you always had this kind of mindset or where did you learn some of these concepts? I mean, at, at what point in your life did you start to think differently like you do now? Or does that come naturally? As, no, as a child, I, and I got so much trouble for it. It's, it's so ironic to me is that at the end of the day, when I was a kid, I couldn't make money, but I wanted stuff. And so I took the lawnmower and I would charge the neighbors $10 to mow the lawn. And then I'd hire all the other neighborhood kids for five bucks to mow the lawn for me, right? I make five bucks on the spread. And I got in trouble because I'm taking advantage of the kids, but they were getting what they want. I got what we want, the neighbor got that. Everyone came out on top, but I was in trouble for it. And now I'm glorified for it. So it's like, it's kind of a weird little thing. And you talk about stickability. Ah, when I did the book, Stickability, I went around and had everyone sign my duct tape uh, this is signed by so many billionaires and gadillionaires and visionaries around here. Uh, one of the guys I did was a guy named Steve Wozniak. He started Apple Computer with Jobs. And I go, how did you and Jobs have so much success? And he says, we embraced our lack. I go, what do you mean? He goes, most people fear what they don't have and run from it. We ran toward it. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, when these little microchip processors came out, they were so expensive, we could afford one chip. He goes, Jobs sold his Volkswagen. I sold my calculator. We pull their money to buy one chip. He goes, but Hewlett Packard would make machines that go from A to B with 20 chips. They had all the money of God. He says, so I pull away five and go A to B with 15. I'd pull away five, get to work with 10. Eventually went from A to B using our one chip. He goes, 
Trust me, we were not trying to be innovative or cool or aerodynamic. He goes, we can afford one freaking chip. He goes, but by embracing that as an opportunity, we found the shortest, cleanest path. And by doing that, we changed the way people do personal computing for the rest of the world, for the rest of their life. He said, where could you be in your own business if you stop looking at something as your greatest challenge and obstacle, it could just be your greatest blessing and opportunity in disguise. And you talked about when you were a kid, that, that being problematic. When we get these reinforcements that maybe something is wrong or that it's not the right way to do it or the proper way to do it, how do we resist that social norm or what, you know, cause I'm sure Wozniak and jobs at the, at the time, also the social norm was your, the, the business norm was 20 chips, right? How do we go through that door? How do we walk into that place when it feels like an obstacle too great? You're saying this obstacle is, is potentially the moment, the turning point, right? But there's this idea, kind of this idea that Seth Godin, the dip versus the cul-de-sac, right? What, when do we see that it's a cul-de-sac versus a dip, you know? Because I think that's a really hard place for people. And maybe, you know, I think the question John is saying, is it natural? Does it come easy? My question is, are some people just more inclined to persevere? Or is that something we can learn to do and grow and be better at? Well, I also believe it's what the first thing you said, going back to the very beginning, is we are the same today as we'll be in five years, except for two things, the people we meet and the books we read. Well, if you change your association of where you're getting your information from when you have those stumbling blocks, that's where things change. So, for example, when I'm writing books and I was having a challenge, I could call the biggest best-selling mega authors in the world, and they would give me feedback to keep me on track. When I was making a movie and having all these trouble, I could call Oscar winner you know, actors and producers and they keep me on track. So the key is to always make sure you're calling up and calling out. And now this is where everyone's sitting there going, well, it's easy for you and all that crap in your head right now. Before this moment, you have never heard of me before. So I'm not famous. So that you can't got to take that away. I, I'm nobody, nobody knows who I am. So that's not true. The only difference is I have the courage and the fortitude to reach out. And the way I did it with specificity. This is something that everyone's missing. Specificity. This is how you open up the doors to anyone you want. No one wants to brain picked. No one wants to go to lunch with you. No one wants to go to dinner with you. No one wants stop. Here's what they want. If I call up the guy who started NASCAR, I don't even know what a NASCAR is. And I said, Hey, I want to sit down with you for 12.5 minutes of your time. I promise I'll cover all my own expenses the moment I walk through the door till the moment I leave will be 12 and a half minutes and I'll start a stopwatch. If not, you can kick me out. I'm just going to ask you one simple question. Why you didn't quit through your most stickability moment or whatever it is. The chance of them giving me that 12.5 minutes is 100% because it's specific. They know what it is. They're in their own office. They come downstairs. They don't have to do anything. I made it easy for them to say yes. That's how I open up all these doors. I don't sit there and just want to pick their brain and you know drive them nuts. But guess what? A hundred percent of the time when I'm there, the clock goes off, go 12.5 minutes, time to leave. They go, no, let me show you around. And then we become best friends and they come to secret knock. That's how it's all worked. But I always honor my promise, but I also enter it with specificity. I'm gonna give you another example. If I'm on stage and there's 10,000 people, it's amazing energy. When I get off, I get rushed with you know, a long line of folks that want to meet you. And they say the nicest things. How can I be of contribution? How can I work with you? How can I, those are sweet, but here's the bottom line. I don't know who the frick you are. I don't know what you do. I don't have 30 minutes to do a resume check. But, you know, the guy who comes up to me and says, dude, loved your presentation. Saw your Instagram, half million followers. I make great memes. Let me make you one. If you like it, you'll use me. Boom. 
15 seconds. I know who you are, what you do. You got my cell phone and we're in contact. Why? <laughs> That's it. That is the secret sauce, everybody. Specificity. It's that, it's that narrow focus, right? That, that dial in and laser focus in on the tools that you have or the skills that you can provide that are different than somebody else can potentially provide. Right? Yeah, and a specificity of why you want their time and how much time it will be. Look, again, if people come to me and they say, hey, I want to do it, I just don't, I don't have that time. Uh, mm -hmm. But if someone sits there and says, I need 12.5 minutes or this one I'm looking for, the answer is always yes, because it's very specific. Or, hey, I, I, want, I want to ask you three quick questions. They're all going to be book related. Uh, your favorite book, da, 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 da. I just want to hear it in your own voice. Done, easy. I know it'll take three minutes. So those type of things are super simple. But if someone calls me up and says that they want, you know, an hour of my time and put it on their little schedule chart and zero percent chance. <laughs> it's just truth, right? I mean, it is. No, I, I love it. it. And I think one of the concepts that we talk about in, in our, when we're working with people around developing a mindset is things are so actually really simple. They're just not that easy to do, right? That concept is so simple. Be specific, tell people what you want, ask for it. Quit worrying about the criticism that you might get or what your family thinks or any of that stuff. Go do what you want to do. It's simple and keep and, doing and, it. And, and the family will respect you, admire you, and you'll live by example because you're doing what they want to do, but they're afraid to do. That's the truth too. And one of the other things too, you, we originally said, you go, well, what if people are afraid and da, 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 da. then don't do it. You know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. Don't do it. But the people that have got a little cojones that are willing to reach up and reach out, you'll be amazed that the most successful people are the most available people. If you're brand new, you're happy-go-lucky, you're fresh, you're cool. If you're at the top, happy-go-lucky, you got nothing to prove. In the middle, pain in the neck. You're filled with ego. You're edging God out. It's easier, I'm telling you right now, to get to the founder of Remax Real Estate Corporation, a multi-billion dollar industry, than your local Remax office down the street with, you know, his little Mercedes and 14, you know, agents trying to protect them. And so the whole thing is, I just say, where do you, can you go to the front of the line and do it? And that's how my mentality is. It's the same thing. If I was going to sell cars tomorrow, I promise no matter what dealer I'd sit there and I wouldn't sell a cheap car. I'd say who's Lamborghinis or Ferraris. And I would walk in and say, who's ringing the bell the most? Who's the leader, sales leader of the board? Who's your number one sales guy? Put me next to that dude. Right. That's all I want to be next to, because I want to learn from people that are getting the results you want. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time today. We want to, we said 20, 25 minutes. We're going to honor that and respect that. I think the thing that I'm, that I would challenge our listeners to is it's easier than we think. If we just go to the source, this is amazing. Just wisdom right? Wisdom learned through hard won conversations and maybe not so hard won after a time, right? Because you found out, Hey, I can do this thing and it's, it's there and it's capable. And, uh, we're so grateful you came on. What can, what can we do out in the, in the community here and our listeners to expose them to what you're doing? We talked about a bunch of your books, kind of secret knocks there, anything else? Wish man, the, the Netflix, uh, movie about the founder of make a wish. Anything else out there that you're plugging right now? I, I, I'm not plugging with clarity. Anything. Sure. We're just having a conversation. So absolutely, you know, the whole idea is that people want that separation and they go, hey, I want that access. Just go to secretknock.co. 
register. Trust me, it's, it's worth it. Doesn't mean you get to go when you register, by the way. It just means you apply. And then someone will call you, make sure you're not a whacker doodle wearing a tinfoil hat, talking to dead aliens. And if you're normal and it makes a good fit, then we can bring you into the circle. And the way it works, it costs three grand to go and we will not tell you where it is or who will be there. That's the way it is. And all we'll do is tell you the city, state, and the date, and then you can book your hotel reservations on your own. And then we'll leak the location as we go. And we do that because the people we invite are very exclusive and we don't want people just shop, you know, dropping in out of the blue. So I, I, I'm going to end with this though, because I want to give a nugget more important is anything. I did a book a year ago called Wealth Made Easy. And I went around the world and I interviewed people worth a hundred million to a billion dollars. And I kept going, there's gotta be a, a hack to all this stuff. And I just wanna know a hack to, to making wealth. And I kept asking all these people and it was so simple. And I'm gonna give you two and I'll close. One, the first billionaire, I said, how did you make a billion dollars in dirt? And he said, time plus land is wealth. Like, what do you mean? He goes, all I do is I look for a town that's growing exponentially at 25% a year. Go on Google Maps, it's free. He goes, I find Broadway, Main Street, and I draw a line out eight miles, I buy the dirt, that's it. I rent the dirt to farmers, they pay the lease so it's free land to me, and I get vegetables for years. And as the town continues to grow at 25%, it ends up on my plot. And since I'm on Broadway, Main Street, I own the biggest amount of land, that's what I resell to the big box stores for 800 times what I paid. A billion dollars. And all these people had the greatest little ahas and nuggets and wisdoms. It was mind-boggling. But my favorite aha came from a guy named Mark Anthony Bates. He's not a good billionaire, but when I share with this, it changed my life. I hope we can end on this note because it might change yours. It's an acronym that stands for CPC. If I could turn back time, I wish I would have learned this when I was a kid. But this is the secret of all success. It's accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. It's not other people's fault, it's your fault. CPC, it stands for clues, patterns, choices. Example, I'm a single guy. I go out on a first date. The woman happens to be 20 minutes late. Anything could have happened, but that's a little red flag, that's a clue. If I go on the fifth, sixth, and seventh date, and each time she's 20 minutes late, that forms the P, a pattern. Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, yell at her, break up with her, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit into your own little paradigm. But we see people with a bad reputation in business. They'll cheat your best friend. We do business with them thinking it'll be different this time. And when things go wrong, we're mad at the person. It's like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You go to pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Accountability and responsibility. When we look back on our life, Rarely are we angry with the relationships we went into or the business things that didn't go the way we expected. We're just angry that we stayed in too long. We saw the clue, we saw the pattern, but we chose to hopefully it'll change or they'll change or will change or whatever change. It just doesn't work that way. Most successful people look for the clues, they see the patterns and they make their choices instantaneously. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Word out. Thanks again to Greg for joining us on the Eyes Up Mindset podcast today. A ton of incredible stuff, and we're going to digest that a little bit here. First of all, if you're interested in what he's doing, go check it out. He said it, secretknock.co, or just Google Greg Reed. We're going to have links to all of his books and, and some of his stuff in our show notes. So check that out. Don't forget to check us out on our social media. We're on 
LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, if you do go check us out, send us a note, send us the note that you said, Hey, we, we, we saw you, we, we listened to the pod. Uh, we love it. We hate it, whatever. Just interact with us. That's the biggest thing. Cause we're about connecting with you guys. So Jamie, I don't know where to start on the takeaways because there's, there's four or five or six different things in that period of time. It, it makes me feel a little bit like, you know, talking to our head football coach where it's like, Holy cow. There's it's, it's just a bunch all at once and it's all good. Right. So let's just uh, dive in. What, what stands out to you are a couple of things that you wanted to you know, tease well, out a little bit. Even as you were calling for people to reach out to us, I would say I would encourage the piece that he used, be specific. What episode did you listen to? What did you like about it? What were you, how do you want to connect with us? Do you, you know, like we're, we're open and available to have some time to chat to how much time do you want? What do you want to talk about? Like those are places where we can then honor and give away called out the thing that we are about is to give it away. And so I think that idea of specificity was huge. The other thing that hit me to was this idea of today right? Where is somebody doing the thing that I want to do today? We're so willing to maybe look into the past or into the future, but what is going on right now that I can then enroll myself in with them and their leadership to say, how is this happening right now? What about for you, man? Yeah, no, I, I, I think, and to go along with that, it's, he used this concept of call up and call out, like, go, go find people that are way up there, go to the front of the line. Like those people are actually more accessible than some of the other people that are still in the, in the hustle. Right. And focused on, he used the analogy of the real estate agent with 14 people protecting him, which I, I think that's true, right? Like we get so caught up and bogged down. So for us it, and, and for you out there, if you have an idea, if you want to go find the people that are getting the results that you want today, go seek them out, see what they're doing, right? And try to replicate that for yourself. And I, so a couple of years ago, I had some triple jumpers that were both state tournament caliber athletes. And I, I didn't know how to coach them. They had gone beyond my skill set. So I emailed a athlete who was an Olympian and is a coach of elite, elite athletes. And it was unbelievable. I said, can I have a half hour of your time to talk about some things to help get my athletes to the next level? She gave me an hour. Right. And was, I was like, I, I want to respect your time. I want to honor your time. She's like, no, we're good. Here's the next detail, you know, and was unbelievably generous with her time. And I think there are so many people out there that want to help and want to give it away. And if it doesn't happen with the first one, try again, you know, and so, um, there are people available and we've all have those experiences. And then I think the last thing, you know, I, I just watching you on film. And if you, if you haven't uh, checked out our YouTube page, go check it out. Um, eyes up mindset channel, but just watching the video of you when he got into that last concept reminded me of, you know, of old Baptist preacher at the end saying, okay, here it is. Here's the thing, right? And it was CPC, this personal accountability and responsibility of clues, patterns, and choices. Right now, if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what I'm, you don't remember him talking about this, go back and listen to it. But we go through our lives and we see clues, 
about certain things, whether it's our relationships, our work, our performance, whatever it is. And then sometimes we see the pattern, right? Once we see the clue, there's going to be a pattern at some point, probably. And then we have a choice, right? Do we continue with that or do we discard it and we go a different direction? How did you interact with that? How did that hit home for you and, and give the challenge to our listeners? I, I had a friend of mine who was a coach that used to say all the time, life is about choices. And the thing that I always took from that is we, we'd be talking about athletes that we have and the things they chose not to do, right? The things that they opted out of that maybe other athletes that were farther down the road weren't opting out of. They chose to opt in. They chose to enroll because they saw a pattern in someone else that said that thing is the thing that I need to be doing. And they had the wisdom to dial in from early on. I see this clue. I need to know more. So I keep looking, I keep identifying, I look for a pattern. And then ultimately I have a choice. I love that. He said, don't blame somebody else. It's your choice. In the end, it is up to you. Another coach of mine said, if it is to be, it's up to me. You have a choice. Identify the clues that are out there for you. Then look for patterns. Ultimately make choices that serve you and others. And as always, live eyes up.